This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. I'm going to um, speak about something very simple this morning, but I think we're all living in, in tough times and I want to start with him any of, um, a, it's a bit of an embarrassing testimony, but some of you have heard it, but one day uh, I was, uh, we did like a SOS, which is a school of the supernatural and, um, and a lady came up at the end and I really thought I had a word for her and the word was um, very simple that she's going to be reunited with her mother. And so it was an intense moment and the lady started weeping and and I thought like, wow, this is amazing. You know, God speaks and he's got like the, he, he's, he, he's turning a life around. And then after five minutes of a lot of tears, uh, the lady said to me, uh, well, uh, sorry, but my mother died three years ago, you know, and um, it was uh, quite a moment because now I thought like, uh, you know, how can this fit in? Maybe, maybe say, are you going to uh, drink tea with your mother in heaven or something like that? But I realized that's not going to work. This kite is not going to fly. I missed it completely. So I sat there for a moment and I realized like, oh, I just have to say I missed it, you know, and it's, um, it's difficult for a pastor to say they missed it. But in any case, so I said to her, sorry, lady, I, I missed it completely. Maybe I was just in the flesh i don't i don't know why but that's what i thought and and then it was like a tsunami the uh, i said sorry and uh, she started to weep uncontrollably for about 30 minutes and i thought like oh no what did i say wrong now you know this is worse but um in any case so <clears throat> but then after about 30 minutes so i just allowed her to to cry and um lots of the people were already gone then uh, she came up to me again and she said, Do you know what, uh, when I was young, when I was a teenager, I was, uh, I was sexually molested by somebody in church. And, um, and then what happened is it was an elder of the church. It was a really like a traditional place, so status and everything is very important there. And then my parents found out, but they never confronted the man they never they actually chose the side of the duomini and the other people around there and so i grew in a great bitterness towards her uh, towards my mom especially and towards my dad and against authority and all that stuff and um and today for the first time a spiritual leader said that he's sorry for making a mistake and something just broke inside of my heart and i got hope again that you know, not all people in authority are bad, you know, and, um, and I realized that God even used that moment of making a mistake uh, to heal somebody and to restore somebody because she, uh, it's an amazing story what God then did in her life and through the restoration and the stuff that he did, but it was quite a humiliating moment, and uh, the reason why I'm telling that story is because I think we, we all have our worst fears or our worst moments of embarrassment. I wish we had time to just everyone telling what your most embarrassing moment was, you know. But it's just like you say, uh, earth swallow up or swallow me up or let the second coming happen right now. You know, we have that moment. And I, I see a lot of people laughing in the cars because some of your family know what that moment is, you know. 
But um, you can tell that story a little bit later. I want to I want to jump into Second Peter three verse ten to eighteen, and Peter writes about the end times. And I don't know if you've noticed, but things are advancing in the world. There's a lot of things happening, um, and we are entering into the last of the last days. If you're seeing what's happening in Israel and a lot of things, you can always. Uh, check up on Israel. If you look at prophecy, um, you know, the, one of the biggest prophecies was, was the uh, establishing of the nation of Israel. And that already happened in 1948. So um, now there's a lot of peace agreements. There's a lot of stuff happening. And it's all been prophesied. Uh, there's nothing that should take us by chance or by surprise you know god isn't taken by surprise by things that happen god isn't taken by surprise by a coronavirus or plotting or anything in the world god is in control amen okay so that's a good place to test your router but second peter 3 verse 10 to 8 now peter writes about the end times and it's quite a gloomy a bad news. It's not the typical, hey, God is with you, God is for you type of scriptures. He says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So immediately the prosperity gospel goes out the door. <laughs> if you think of the end times, you know, God is just going to give you peace and love and happiness and pineapple drinks in Hawaii. Verse 11, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. Verse 12 of 2 Peter 3, as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Sure, that's an amazing statement. He says, in all of this turmoil, you're going to look forward to the day of His coming. And there's some things you and I can do that will speed His coming, that will enhance His coming. We know it. Matthew 24 talks about that, that when we preach the gospel to all the ethnic groups or nations in the world, then we advance the kingdom of God. You know, so, so we can see that's busy happening, um, that the gospel is spreading all across the world. It says, as you look forward to the day of God. So don't look to the negative. Don't look to your circumstances. Look forward to the day of the Lord. That day will bring about the destructions of the heavens by fire and the elements melt in the heat. Uh, when, I, when I think about that, I think I, I'm not looking forward to that, you know. <laughs> but he's talking about something else is, is the appearance of Christ. Verse 13, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends and family, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with God. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. So speaking about the end times, he says, God is going to give us a peace. And then he says, his letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort. Therefore, dear friends, since you have forewarned, be on your guard, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. So it says, stand in that secure position, stand in the righteousness and be on your guard. You know, I, um, I don't know if, if you sometimes I have some like small escapism stuff in my life. So sometimes just once a week, 
I watch these small videos of Mr. Bean. Three minutes, four minutes. It, it just gives me such, such a relaxation in my life that there are other people that are worse off than me and other people that, you know, they just, they're just out there somewhere, you know. And so, so this week's one was Mr. Bean coming to the Tower of London and one of these guards standing there with the snorriki and all this stuff and Mr. Bean taking photos with this one. You must go check it out. It's, it's not funny, but it's actually so funny because it's not funny. But so, so then eventually Mr. Bean ends up cutting the snore of this guy, you know, the, you know, the moustache. He's cutting his moustache and it's like he's having all the fun of taking the photos and all this stuff. But, but it's just crazy. This guard just stands there. I don't know if you've seen those guards. They just stand there. They're not moved, you know. And Mr. Bean goes around him and does all this stuff, but they don't even blink. I don't know if you've ever been to London, but it's actually amazing how these guys get trained to just stand on guard, you know. That's, that's sort of the picture that Peter is writing, he says, be on God. Be ready. Don't be moved by the things around you. But don't be thrown by that. And then the, the, the part I want to get to is verse 18, which is so powerful. He says, but, but. He says, when all these things happen, you stand on God. When you know, know you know, uh, that things, there's going to be destruction. You're looking forward to his return. Verse 18, he says, but grow in the grace of and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior Jesus Christ, to Him be the glory both now and forever. He says, what do you need to commit yourself to? Once once you remain in that position of the peace of God, looking forward to His return, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, look to His return. Let that desire be in you that He's going to come back, and then maybe you're going through tough times, but then all these things are going to be wiped away. But he says, there's one thing you have to commit to. There's one thing you have to do. And this is what he ends off. He says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, what is the word grace? Is the word enablement. Is the ability to know God's goodness and his provision for you. But he says, you need to grow in that grace. Grow, grace isn't a free ticket just to do sin and say, oh, the Lord will have grace on me because he understands where I'm at, what I'm suffering with. He says, you must grow in that ability. You must grow in God's enablement. And so growing in grace starts with taking on the character of Christ in our lives. When you want to react, when you want to just speak negative things about our nation, then decide that you're going to commit yourself to speak positive things and bless this nation and pray. Rather than complain, you have an option to pray. I'm going to say that again. Rather than complain, take that time to pray. Because, hey, Scripture says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I will come in and heal their land. And so God gives us so many promises, but we need to decide on what side of the fence we're going to stand, the accusational side or the side that learns to grow in grace. And so taking on the form of Christ, taking on the character of Christ, we spoke about serving, we spoke about, you know, just loving God. And that's why it says, learn, commit yourself to get to that space where God has made provision for you. But it's not, it's not easy because you know what we do is we uh, go in our own strength. We do stuff because you try harder because you want to try to be a good person. And then then we miss the grace of God. Now, now I'm a very task-orientated person. I think 
a lot of South Africans are, you know, we are Mr. Fix-It. We see a problem, go fix it. We see something, make a plan, you know. Don't just let, um, there's an Afrikaans saying that says, God's water oor God's akker laat loop nie. Don't just let stuff just happen and lazy is fair and don't do something about it, you know. That's how we grow up many times. Fix the problem. But, you know, sometimes if you just try to fix everything, and especially if you try to fix yourself, then you will miss the grace of God. Because then it's all about your flesh. You know, the, the thing in the tabernacle, the priests, they could not, there was one thing they could not do in the presence of God, and that was sweat. They had a very, very thin uh, cloak on as they ministered in the temple in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle. But you were not allowed to sweat in the presence of God. There was a lot of worship. There was incense. There was the changing of the bread, the oil, all that stuff. But you were not allowed to sweat. And there's too much sweating happening in our lives sometimes, you know. We're trying too hard. <laughs> uh, and if you try too hard, then, then, you, then you're neglecting God's grace. And this is what he's saying. He's saying in the most terrible times... In the end times when the fire and the stuff is going to happen, commit yourself to a place of surrender. Commit yourself to know God. Commit yourself to grow in the grace of God because God has made provision for you. He's made a place for you and me. You know, um, I have to tell you a funny story, but it's just between the two of us. When you... um. I once ran the Winelands Half Marathon. It actually started just here at Paul Roos's grounds, you know. And uh, Pastor Heinrich Titus and myself, we, we, uh, we got the time a bit wrong this Saturday morning. So when we arrived there and we got out of our car, the hooter already went off for the, and the race started. So we just threw everything in the car, ran, you know. So the race already started for us 500. We had 500 meters extra. And so we ran around, and the, the starting line was just there next to Polaris. And so here we go, and, and we're on our way. We come around. We go out there to the Moibaga uh, store, and we come back. And we, and now we come down here, um, you know, where you come into Stellenbosch. And I think, well, the finish line must obviously be where the starting line has been, you know. And so, so I thought like, okay, there's, a, there's 500 meters to go or 800 meters to go. So I'm going to push myself hard just to the end line. And here I go. And I come around the corner and then I realize like, uh, that's not the end line. That's not the finish line. You know, there's still another kilometer and a half to go, you know? So I'm thinking like, oh, you know, and then I I go and my legs begin to feel like jelly. I begin to like, everything gets into my head. And now I'm just, it feels like I'm falling apart. Like I have 20 legs and seven arms that must get me there, you know. So, so it's going crazy. And I uh, come around the corner and hear this old woman. I guess he was 99 years old, maybe 95. But he comes speeding past me, you know. And he says, come on, boot, you're almost there. You know, and I think like, this is the end. This is now true humility. You know, I'm falling apart. And now this old woman, 99 years old, just comes with his style, you know, because he's, he's in rhythm. You know, he's, he's just, he's not slower or faster. I don't know if you've ever run with people that really run fast and then slow and fast and slow. They make you so tired, you know. But some people, marathon runners, they keep on taking the race. They have a, they have a pattern. They have a rhythm that they settle into. It's not a sprint. The Christian walk is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so that's why when we, when we 
constantly access that place of grace. It is so amazing to live in that space because you see God's favor. You work with God. You don't work for Him. He becomes, you become a laborer with Christ. Now, I want to leave us with this in Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. He says two things. Set your hearts on things above, but then also set your minds on things above. He doesn't say one thing here. He says two things. You have to align your emotions with the things of God. You have to align your thought life with the things of God because your life is hidden with Christ in God. You are hidden. You are secure in Him. When Christ, who is your life, turn to that person in the car next to you and say, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Okay, donkey, Adrian, and Avi, I can hear you. The rest, I can't hear. Okay, so, so very important, set your heart, set your mind on things above. This is the time, especially for the church in the West, where we need to say, God, we thank you for your grace. But Lord, we are not going to let go of the place and position of guarding that you have placed us, Lord, to be watchmen, to be intercessors, because that's, that's really where it happens. It's in your prayer life. It's the moments when you, when you look to him. When you search for Him, when you set your heart, you know, if you have set your heart on that finish line of that marathon that you're going to run, you've, you, you know exactly, because you, you're pacing yourself to get to the finish line. Don't do like I did and you, don't, you have got no clue. You're just running because it's lacquer, it's emotional. Somebody asked you to run and now you, get, you don't know the time when you need to start. You don't know where the finish line is. Then you're going to fall apart, you know, like I did. I thought like I've eaten five liters of jelly, you know, and it went all into my legs, you know, because you just feel like, oh, no, I can't lift up the legs. That last hundred meter, I did a Mr. Bean multiplied, multiplied, you know, and I just felt like everything is falling off. I thought my hands, my arms are going to fall off. Why? Because I didn't check the schedule. <laughs> I didn't check when this race must start and where the race is going to finish. But as Christians, we know where the race is finishing. We know that we're running a race of endurance. And I want to especially pray for people this morning that have lost endurance. You know, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's run the race with endurance. Because for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame and went to sit at the right hand of the Father. You know, I always think about Jesus, 30 years of being a carpenter, 30 years of knowing that he's the son of God and yet serving us and waiting for the right moment when he was 30 years old, when he stood up in the temple and he read in Luke 4 verse 18, he read out of Isaiah and said, today, today the scripture is fulfilled. Wow, that's, that's such an example of somebody that ran the race. He wasn't too quick or too slow. He was living a life of obedience because he saw what the Father did. And I want to I encourage you. Maybe there are some people, and I felt there's some of us, we, our, our, our pacing system 
is out, you know? We, you, maybe you're a quick runner, or maybe you're a slow, always laster in the crawl. What is that in English, Vilio? The achteros, what is that in English? The, the behind ox. The behind ox, the last ox in the crawl, you know? It's just crazy. Some of us are quick runners, and some of us are very slow runners. You know, we're always behind. We don't know when the race starts, you know? There's uh, friends that I have, when they come to a social, they always come an hour late. You know, so we tell them, come, we tell them if it's not supposed to start at nine, we say, come at eight, you know. But it, it's crazy how some people just like Africa time multiplied, you know. But the amazing thing is, we all, we all have these things, but especially in our flesh, you know. And I want to encourage us again, like, like he writes in to Colossians, he says, set your hearts on things above. As the band is going to come up, we're going to. We're going to just um, sing that last song we sang again. Where is Rainier? Somewhere in a car. I want, to, I want us, I want us to, to think of what are the things in my mind and in my, my, my mind and my heart where I'm not setting my heart on things above. It's so easy in this time to look at circumstances, to look at your economy, to look at the economy. And those things are real. The challenges are real, but remember what Peter wrote. Peter said, look here, the end times, it's going to be fire and brimstone. It is going to be so tough when you look in the natural. But God creates a place and a space for us as Christians to walk in His grace, to run, to, to have that petrol in your petrol tank. You know, not to, to realize I'm going to go to a place and when I... Almost there, I don't get to the finish line. Oh, once I had an opal cub. I don't know if you had a op- if you know what that is, but it's it, it really grew my faith as a Christian. You know, when I was a uh, when I was in my second year, because most of the time I had to pray half an hour just to get the thing started. And um, and so one day, I asked them. Um, was still in Claymont, and Louise came to visit. Now you have to like do your best thing, you know, and whatever. And then in the main road, we stopped without petrol and uh, then we had to jump start it you know what a way to start your relationship but um you know it really humbles you uh, but the crazy thing is yeah we 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 don't want to be like that as christians and that's why peter writes he says even whatever you're facing at the moment look forward set yourself set your god set yourself on a god and then learn to grow in the grace of god learn to surrender learn to Declare your dependency on God every day because there's grace. There is an enablement to do what He's called you to do. Not for you just to survive. Grace isn't there for you to survive. Grace is there for us to do the will of God, to see His kingdom come. So I'm so excited for the church. I'm so excited what God is doing all across the world. I spoke to a pastor um, yesterday out of Iran you won't believe what God is doing. God is appearing to so many people. So many people in the Middle East are seeing visions of Christ, are coming to salvation in a nation like Iran. God is moving people. He's, he's, he's doing things. And, um, and so let's, as the church, let's arise. Let's cry out. Let's set our hearts on things above. Let's set our minds on the things of the kingdom. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.